Today I want to talk to you for a little bit about a season of blessing. A season of blessing. I know it's still November, but it feels like December. How many have been shopping? How many went Black Friday shopping? <laughs> you are crazy people. I went Black Friday shopping, so I guess I'm crazy too. I saw a media post where people were fighting over these uh, skids of paper towels. paper towels they were fighting over them and I was like man they must really need to clean at home or something that's bad and they were just showing all the after mashup you know of uh, um, that they were grouping together different places that had things break out that should not have broken out it's supposed to be a season of cheer and joy and happiness and people are fighting over Elmo dolls or whatever else they're fighting over um, now, if it was a pair of Nike Flight Jordans, I'd be fighting all day. But, you know, it's because I'm a sneakerhead. I was hoping to get some support from the back row there. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my sneakerhead's in the room. So it's so good to be with you today. Um, I'm obviously already feeling Christmas because of being submersed in the whole shopping experience and Christmas everywhere. Um, so I was going to talk to you a little bit about a season of blessing. I, I didn't have you know as a pastor you have to prepare a sermon every single Sunday and sometimes it gets to be a weight you know where you're like ah I need something from the Lord I need a fresh word from the Lord and God is not always interested in your comfort he's interested in your growth amen and so God sometimes speaks to me on Saturday night <laughs> you guys and none of you really know what that situation may be may be like but just imagine you have a big presentation at work and you can't get any creativity until like the night before. How many have been through college? You know what I'm talking about. You cram for a test. Don't, don't judge me, but you know. So I want to talk to you about a season of blessing. This came to me last night as I was praying and seeking the Lord. And I really feel it's important to know how to be blessed, what blessing is. So what is, what is blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? It actually means, and I, I went to um, the reference... Uh, catalog of Dr. Google, and I pulled up, it's endowed with favor, or made holy, or to consecrate. Did you know that was on the end there? Most people think being blessed means they have favor, or they have what some people call good luck. Don't personally believe in luck, I believe in the favor of God, and the hand of God that guides us, amen? And my friend said, I wouldn't, if I had any kind of luck, it'd be bad luck, and so I tried to exchange that topic for being blessed but when I began to study being blessed I realized it's not just the divine favor of God that's on you it's the divine favor of God to make you holy and to consecrate you that's an old word that word consecrate it means to set apart for a specific use it's like for instance last week I had a flat tire and I have a tire iron that's in my trunk that's for a specific use. I don't get it out to change a light bulb. I don't get it out, you know, to go sledding. I, I use that tire iron for a specific reason. And so we have to know that God is going to use us in the purpose that he's called us to use us in. Amen? And if you're chasing, chasing your purpose down in life, congratulations. You're doing what you should be doing. You should be pursuing your purpose. But the Bible says this about a blessed man in Psalms 1. It gives the criteria of how to be blessed. Would you like to know that criteria? 
How many want to know how to help somebody, how to serve people best, and how to, how to be a blessing to somebody else? Because really, it's hard to be a blessing unless you know how to be blessed yourself. And I'm going to talk about three major points. And the three major points I'm going to hit is how to produce blessing in your life, how to possess blessing, to have ownership of that blessing. And then I want to deal with the third thing, which is how to not only possess it, but preserve it. Okay? So three Ps. When I get done, they'll all start with P. It'll be amazing. Okay? So I'm thankful for the Lord that he's touched me with this message. And I want to begin with telling you that Jesus is the greatest blessing you could ever have in your life. Amen. So if you're pursuing Jesus Christ, you're on the right path. I'll tell you that right now. Because he won't lead you astray if you're after him. Because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So therefore, you have to understand that truth is not a body of knowledge. Truth is a person. It's really important for you to understand that because when people talk about, well, I have all of this knowledge and all these degrees and all of this expertise, what if you, what if you know enough to fill half of this room, but Jesus is standing over in that corner? Then you know enough to know a lot, but you don't really know the truth. Amen? So therefore, people are like, well, that's your truth. That's their truth. That's their upbringing that's their truth you call this a spoon but i was raised that that was a fork what what does how does that mean that 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 your truth is any different from mine it's because truth is not resident in our hearts in our minds in our thinking truth is resident in the person of jesus christ and therefore when you pursue your purpose make sure you're pursuing jesus christ is that okay Okay, and in order to do that, because he, he is a holy God and he's a righteous God, I, I want to be blessed because if I'm blessed, it's going to consecrate me for the use of the kingdom of God. If I'm blessed, it's going to make me more holy. And when I become more holy, I'm more attracted to a holy God. See, he's, he's holy, and if we don't strive to be like him in any way, if we don't adjust our morals, adjust our thinking to the word of God that he's given us as a letter to teach us how to walk a better life, then we don't know the attraction of the holy God that we tend to serve or we say we serve but if Jesus is standing in the corner and me being holy draws me to him then guess what I want to live a life of holiness amen somebody and we can't be holy in ourselves. our righteousness is as filthy rags the Bible says it's true so therefore the holy that's inside of us has to be the Holy Spirit that's inside of us so truly to be blessed thank you sir I appreciate it these guys take care of me give them a big hand amen to truly be blessed and favored of God, to be consecrated or to be made holy, you have to have the Holy Ghost inside your life. Did you know you're formed as a vessel? You're formed to be filled with something? And that's why people search their entire life for what they cannot find. They seek things. They try to fill it with things that cannot satisfy. And the reason they're doing that, because us as human beings have a very cognitive sense of knowledge that there is something missing when we don't have God in our life. 
I know I'm getting excited and loud. You'll have to forgive me. I get it boisterous, but I'm not going to apologize. Sorry, not sorry. I get excited when I talk about the fact that we're a vessel to be filled. And the best place to be blessed is to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? The Holy Ghost is God's Spirit coming to live inside of you, taking up residency in you. You can try to fill it with alcohol. You can try to fill it with drugs. You can try to fill it with sex. You can try to fill it with anything you want to say the world says is worth chasing after. But I promise you this there's nothing like being filled with the power of God's spirit in your life it is the true satisfaction a soul is seeking for and when you find it you know you found it amen how many have ever gone shopping and people ask you they walk up and they bug the fire out of you like can I help you do you need something and you're like no I'm I'm looking I'm just looking and they're like well what are you looking for you're like I'll know it when I see it it's the same thing with the Holy Ghost. You can search all your life for stuff that, that ends up hurting you or ends up getting you off on wrong paths in life. But when you find the Holy Ghost and begin to fill yourself with that living water, guess what? You know it when you found it. You know it when you feel it. Your spirit says, hey, there's something about that that is true and right and holy, and I'm drawn to it because we're spiritual beings in a body, not bodies with a spirit. We're people that long for spiritual interaction with our God amen oh my goodness so I want to be blessed and the only way to be blessed is to be full of the Holy Spirit because blessings come from fruit of the Spirit and if you don't have the Spirit you can't have the fruit amen so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to produce blessings in your life if my phone will participate with this sermon please um so Blessing is found in Psalms 1. I asked you to put it up there for me if you would. And it says, blessed is the man, that means in general, that walketh not, or blessed is the person, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I would say counsel. Where do you get your advice from? It's very important that you understand where you get your information from. And, and the sense that when you have a struggle or a difficulty in your life, are you first Googling it? Are you first checking a psychology feed? Are you first checking with friends to see what they have to say? Or are you going to the word of God and getting pure counsel from God's word? Are you seeking out what would, what, what would God say to me from this book that's written? And someone once said, came to the pastor and said, Pastor, do you have a word from the Lord for me? And he said, yep, I've got a whole book of them right here. Just go, go seek out what God wants you to hear, and he'll, he'll show you. So he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Or that means that, that they entertain, or they, have, they, have, uh, they rub shoulders with those that are sinners. But nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. It says, don't sit in a place where you're scornful, or where you're skeptical of everything. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Scripture advises us that we should plant the word of God in our heart because when we we hide the word of God in our heart, I always wondered why it said hide because I want to find it. But if you play hide and seek, you know where you are, obviously. And what you do is you hide it in the sense of the word of God. You hide it in a safe place where no one else can get to it. That's what the word literally means. Is If this isn't a place where you hide it and forget it, can't find it, have you ever done that? Put something in a safe place so safe you couldn't find it? I've been there. I'll be honest. But this is... 
the scripture is saying when you hide the word of God in your heart, what it means is to shelter it in a place where you can go access it when you need it the most, when you're by yourself, when you're alone, when things aren't going right, when things just don't seem to be clicking, when you don't seem to have any good luck. You can go and seek out the word of God and say, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, I know I've been counseling in your word. I know I've been walking with you. I know I have a blessing somewhere in this trial, in this difficulty, in this struggle. I believe that you can find blessing in the most difficult places. And sometimes that's where we need to look and, and examine why God is putting us through those things because the strongest tests are often the greatest places of learning. And he said, be like a tree. So he said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He, he delights to look into the word of God. And in his law, does he, does, he, does he meditate or doth he meditate? So do you spend time meditating on the word of God? It's amazing how much you can meditate on the news today and get grumpy. What you meditate on changes your entire persona. It changes the way you look. Have you ever met someone that was just cranky all the time? You look at what they're feeding themselves. What's their source? And so their source is what's making them act like that, feel like that, produce those kind of fruits in their life. The invisible produces the visible. Amen? Your roots are what produces your fruits. So what are your roots connected to? That's what I want to know. Is Are you meditating on the word of God? Have you, have you built roots in God's word? Do you know enough to pull up a scripture when you need it? Have you found nourishment from God's word? Do you do that on a regular basis? It's important. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. Everyone say season. I'm talking to you about a season of blessing. And if you are a man that's blessed, God will plant you in places that nourish you. He'll plant you by rivers of living water. Not stagnant water, not places where you don't get a source that satisfies you, but he'll plant you in places that nourish your heart and your mind. And you will come to church and you will go, go through different friendships where you know that you were not being nourished. But when you find a place that nourishes you, when you let, that's the namesake of this place. We're like, we want to be a life source, a life spring to people. We want to be a place where people come and they leave going, I'm glad that I heard the word of the Lord today day because it encouraged me and it made me want to try harder and keep pushing and push through the pain and follow through and do what God's called me to do and whatever he doeth it shall prosper I would say whatever he doeth it shall prosper would you like a guarantee that whatever you do is going to be prosperous this is the book for you Psalms 1 don't get your counsel from ungodly don't hang out with sinners, those that smoke and chew and hang around with those that do, they used to say, way back in my younger days. Those that, that have skeptical mindsets and they're scornful and they're constantly judging people, amen? We, it's not uncommon to have the same thing in the church. I, I'm, don't get me wrong, I love the church, but there's a lot of people that are fruit inspectors in the church. They're going around judging what people are doing, what people are saying. Why? It's because that's what's visible. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to really help somebody, be a root inspector. Go ask them, what's feeding you? What's, what's, where's that pain coming from? Why are you lashing out? Learn how to control yourself enough 
to, to benefit them by blessing them. And it's really important that you understand what self-control means, that, that continence of self, controlling self, is impossible without the Holy Ghost. That's why I started with the Holy Spirit in this lesson. Because without the Holy Ghost, you cannot control your flesh. Amen? You want to be heard. You want them to know how much they offended you. All of those things are human nature. That's human things that you really want and desire to be heard. But whenever you're looking to bless somebody, you have to put yourself down in order to lift someone up. Amen? Not put yourself down in the sense of I'm nothing, I'm no good, but I mean literally put aside your needs in order to help somebody else's need. That's important, and that's the only way that you can serve somebody. Service is something that's a natural quality of the human heart. When if you serve somebody, you feel better, amen? You feel good. You feel like God is, God is blessing them through you. And so if you're having a bad day, bless somebody else. You'll have a better day. It, it's a matter of a fact. You can change the, the the own. You can change your own feelings just by blessing somebody else. So have have you ever observed somebody that's not quite living the way you think they should? Because you're like you want to be a fruit inspector and say, hey, I don't know, something's going on, and but yet their life is still blessed. Have you ever seen this? You want to know why that is? Because we don't have to be perfect to be blessed. We don't have to be perfect to be blessed. What we have to be is honest with God. And the reason why some people are blessed, even though they don't have all of their, all of their fruit looking good to everybody else, is because they are honest with God about their struggles. They sit down after having struggles and they go, God, would you help me with my flesh? Would you help me with my situation? Would you help me with my lust? Would you help me with this relationship? I'm not doing it well. I lashed out. I know. I'm not controlling myself. I'm not full of the Holy Ghost in that moment. In fact, I think my Holy Ghost left altogether in that moment but I'm trying to get it right God you know I'm being honest with you would you help me in that situation honest people stay blessed people even when they're not perfect amen so we have to realize that honesty is more important sometimes than being perfect because none of us can be perfect if you think you're perfect try walking on water they say don't join a church that's perfect because you know what they say you'll mess it up you're imperfect in fact here no perfect people are welcome just so you know you'll drive us crazy all us imperfect people my my in-laws um they pastor a church in muskego and they had some friends that they were teaching a bible study good catholic folk <laughs> and that's not to slight them in any way but that's just that's all they knew and my father-in-law has been teaching them a Bible study. And they got to the point where they were at cap. You know, they're like, okay, enough Bible study. I'm good. We'll just talk from now on. But he still comes back to my father-in-law because he's an alderman in Muskego. And he, like, sees him at different times and different meetings. And he said, hey, I'm teaching this Bible study at our church. Um, and I'm teaching on the love of God, the love of God. He goes, I've been teaching for a little while. I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks. And they came to visit their church the Sunday, or Thanksgiving service, was it? Yeah, Thanksgiving service is what I remember. They came to visit their church, and they sat through the whole service. And there wasn't communion. They didn't, you know, get up and march and do anything like that. They just had God's Spirit show up. Just like when we were worshiping, that wasn't the air conditioner turning on. That was God's Spirit moving through here. It feels good. Amen? So 
God's spirit showed up. And when God showed up, they were like, man, I feel the love of God here. And when they got done, they told him, they said, we've been teaching a Bible study on the love of God. And what we've been teaching, you have. You have it. And so not only do we have to produce it, but we have to possess it, obviously. In producing it, you have to produce it by having the Holy Spirit in you. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness. Have you ever read through those before? The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and 23. I'll give it to you so we can be a little bit more faithful to the Word of God and not just some stories. And I, I really feel the stories are impacting, so I've woven them in. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, patience, kindness. I have, I have temperance, some other words. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And the next verse says gentleness and self-control. I want to say self-control. That's where the self-control comes in. Self-control is actually a fruit of the Spirit. No wonder why people are out of control in our society. No wonder why they're, they're, it seems like they're losing their mind as far as their control. And people are, are casting off wholesome relationships to chase after stuff that cannot satisfy them. And it's because they're losing self-control. They, they've lost the Spirit of God and, and, and the sense of God in their life. There is no law against these things. In other words, there is no law that says, that speaks against these different things. In other words, if there is a law, have you ever seen someone that has been put um, put in jail or maybe you've experienced someone who got in trouble with the law and they went before a judge and because the judge found out that they showed kindness or goodness or or faithfulness in an area, all of those different qualities causes a judge at times to lessen a sentence because he's bringing the law down to the things that are present of goodness in the life of the person. It's interesting how the fruit of the Spirit can actually affect outcomes. And so what I've come to find out is that I can't, I can't give something I don't have. But if I have something that can change the, the, the way that people see things and the way that people function and the way that people live and how blessed their life can be, then I want that strongly in my life so that I can give it to others. Amen? That's all really a pastor is, is a root inspector. I'm looking for the source of where something's coming from. And, and, and whenever you, I want to help somebody, I, I have to help people handle the root issues of their life in order for God to take care of the fruit issues in their life. In order for God to give you fruit that others see and say, wow, they're a good person. They're a kind person. They're gentle. They're self-controlled. Those are fruit. I have to deal on a daily basis with cultivating the roots of someone's life as a pastor so that when they have the right source and when they're, they're dealing, drawing from God on a regular basis and I'm helping them do so, all of a sudden you find out, hey, they did something out of their way. Hey, they went to a food pantry and they gave some of their food to the food pantry hey, they went in town and they gave out and worked at the soup kitchen. Why? Because that kindness started because of the power of the Holy Ghost working with them. Amen? So for the Spirit. Now the works of the flesh, Galatians talks about it further up. It talks about the works of the flesh first. And then he says the fruit of the Spirit is this. He says the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. I know you don't have it up there. But if you want to back up in Galatians, you can read it. Galatians 5, I'm back at verse 19, I believe. 
Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, brother, pastor, that's a whole bunch of different words that I don't even quite know for sure what they mean. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of which I tell you before, I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven, but... The fruit of the Spirit. In other words, he says, what counters all of that is the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? So I want to produce fruit that counters all of the cultural things that our world says you need to have in your life. All of the things that are called worldliness. They, they call it worldliness. And worldliness is simply the things that are mentioned in this previous verse, all of this adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, worldliness is when the things of the world look normal to you over the things of God. If those things look like they're normal to you, then you have to ask yourself, do I need an adjustment of my source so that I'm pulling the right nutrients to create the right fruit? I don't need anybody judging me today, but I know that I want my fruit to be right. Amen? You don't need people just judging you. You need someone that comes to you and says, hey, I don't want to share with you all of my knowledge and all of my religion and all of my truth. I want to share with you the love of Jesus Christ, the kindness in my heart, and the goodness that God has shown me. And when you're sharing that, guess what? You get to the point where they ask you, what is different about you? What is the change in you? Why do you live the way you live? And how do you, how do you get through life the way you have gone through it? And what is your strength? And you can say, this is what I know that Jesus held me up when I couldn't hold myself up that God was there for me whenever I didn't know how to be there for myself amen somebody if you have personal experience to go through you should have an amen right there if you've been through anything and you had God help you through it that's a good place for an amen especially me coming from abuse and all the things I went through I don't even have to go into it to have an amen for you I can sit there and go God has been good to me he's brought me out of some things and that is where I stand on his great promises is that there's a spirit put inside of me and anytime I need to pull that spirit up and, and look at those gifts and use those gifts I do it so that I can be used of God to share the gospel with somebody my kindness, my goodness, all of that is stuff that I do as a product. It's a produce of the Spirit of God. I'm not looking at anybody. If I look at you too long, forgive me. I, I just kind of scan the room. But look at the process of the fruit of the Spirit. Look at, look, look at what's going on here. First he says love. You can throw that back up there so they have the, the, the timeline. He says Love, which means brotherly love, it's agape, is the Greek word affection, goodwill, love, benevolence. Put up Galatians uh, 5 and 22, if you wouldn't. And then look at the next one. The fruit of the Spirit is love first. That's why love co covers a multitude of sins. Next is what? Joy. Do you possess these things? Are these things that you are producing in your life? Because you can't give them if you don't have them. Joy. Joy means gladness, the joy received from you, the, the cause or occasion of joy. The person who are one's joy. Did you know that people can be your joy? Sometimes that can be a struggle. Because people that used to be your joy may not be in a relationship with you anymore and you have to readjust that whole thing. But, 
joy can have several different aspects. And so joy from the Holy Ghost is what this is talking about. A joy that the world can't take away. Amen? And then he goes, peace, which is a state of national tranquility, obviously peace of a nation, exempt from the rage and havoc of war. Peace here also means between individuals, harmony, concord, security, safety, prosperity, felicity, Obviously, the, the gathering together because peace and harmony make and keep things safe and prosperous. That's what blessing is. You have to have these things in your life. So it's talking about peace. So everyone say joy, love. Everyone say joy. Everyone say peace. We're three deep in the fruit of the Spirit. Has anyone hit religion yet? No one's sharing the gospel yet. We have... Paul talking to us about the fruit of the Spirit, we haven't even got to how the gospel is shared. We're still talking about love and joy and peace. These are all feeling-based things. Look at the next thing. Now we get into character-based things. Meekness, which means gentleness, mildness, meekness. Gentleness. Anger doesn't work righteousness, the Bible talks about. Gentleness. And then we go to temperance. Self-control, the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions. Have you mastered your desire and passions? The only way to master your desire and passions is to have a word of God mastering it for you. It's really important that you understand that knowing something is not the same as being mastered by it. I know people who have degrees, like a thermometer. And they have bodies of knowledge like you wouldn't believe. They know bodies of truth that they can talk for hours to you about. And some of them even know the word of God so heavy that they lose you in minutes stepping off into Hebrew and Greek and blah, blah, blah. But the thing about it is I've seen those same lives destroyed and ravaged by sin and destruction. Because the body of knowledge that they mastered, this book of God, was not mastering them. It's really, really needful that we not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Amen. Is this too heavy today? Y'all are like, we're still on turkey coma, Pastor. We ate way too much food at Thanksgiving. Now you're preaching about fruit of the spirit. You're way too deep. No fruit hangs off trees. I'm not deep at all. Temperance is the next thing. Self-control, obviously. And then it says, controlling your desires and passions, especially his, we're talking about temperance, especially his sensual appetites. All the men said amen. That's as far as we'll go with that. Your sensual appetites. Hallelujah. We'll step off of that one. Long-suffering. Where is the religion at? Why aren't we talking gospel yet, Paul? Long-suffering means patient, endurance, consistency, steadfastness, preservance, patience, forbearing, long-suffering, slowness in avenging wrongs. That's what long-suffering is. When someone wrongs you and you like cock and ready, <laughs> some of you have the personality where you're like, you hit me, I'm going to hit you twice. It's just, it's the way it happens, man. You come at me, bro. <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> you're, you're, that's your personality. You know, you can't, you can't help your flesh sometimes, but if, if someone throws one at you, you're, you're just naturally going to try to block it and throw them down. 
just put a couple in there for good measure, you know. But that's that's your flesh. And what this is saying is that that's not a fruit of the spirit. You don't you don't bless anybody and you, you don't live a blessed life by encouraging that kind of behavior in your life. So what he says is long suffering is is not avenging wrong swiftly or being slow to avenge. Let God handle it. Is that okay? Let God handle it. Some of you, that's your word right there for this whole day. Just let God handle it. Offload the heaviness of the weight of carrying that thing and worrying about it and put it in God's hands and just let him handle it. He'll take care of it, amen? Gentleness, moral goodness, integrity, benignity or kindness. And then there's goodness, uprightness of heart, goodness kindness so let's count them fruit of the spirit is love everyone say one joy everyone say two peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith (laughs) I got 11 I got 7 I got let's try again (laughs) Classes in session. Love is one. Joy, two. Peace, three. Meekness, four. Temperance, five. Long-suffering, six. Gentleness, seven. Goodness, eight. Faith. Now we're finally going to talk about religion. Eight things deep before you ever bring up a gospel. That's why some people are not good at winning souls. Not good at sharing the gospel. Because they haven't shown the fruit of the Spirit before they tell somebody where to change their life at. It's, it's, have you ever heard, you've heard people say that you're the only Jesus some pe- somebody might see? I'm, I'm closing. You're the only Jesus some people will ever see. They may never read this book, but they'll see it in you. If faith is number eight, uh, nine, seven, you're wrong. <laughs> Whatever it is. It's the eighth thing. It's the eighth thing. I promise. I counted it. If it is that far down, then we have to make sure that we not only produce fruit of the Spirit, but we possess it so we can give it. And the Bible talks about beatitudes. It says, blessed is the man that, we, we were dealing with blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly, but we also deal with beatitudes in Matthew where it talks about the blessed life. And it says, blessed are they. Blessed are they, and it goes through that whole list. If you read them, you can read them. That's fine. Go through it and read it for homework. That'll be great. Blessed are they, and it says, blessed are the peacemakers. It doesn't say peacekeepers, brother gents. If you walk into a situation and there's peace there, and you keep that peace, that takes a lot of work. As a manager on a job, anybody, any managers here, any, any leadership here on a job, you walk in on Monday morning, there's all kinds of stuff you have to keep peace with. Amen? That's not what the Bible's talking about. That's a hard job. And it takes talent to do it. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. In other words, you walk into bad situations and you can make peace in it. And you can't do that unless you possess it in your person. Unless you possess the fruit of the Spirit, which is peace, you cannot be a peacemaker. Okay?
I hope that's enough for you today. I'm trying to give you something that God gave me, but I, I feel a teaching spirit in the house where there's just like, there's this gift of God that, that wants to be given to all of us and it's the Holy Ghost. And if you don't possess it, if you haven't pursued, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Ghost? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? If you don't know what that means, get in the Word of God. Come seek one of us. We'll give you a Bible study. We'll show you what God says about that. Not because we know more than you, but because we know where Jesus where Jesus wants to lead every heart and that is a blessed life and I believe this is a season of blessing as we transfer out of thanksgiving into the remembrance of the advent and Jesus coming and dying for us and God with us as we're going to do this whole next month I want you to know that that season of blessing is only given through the power of the Holy Ghost and if you've never washed your sins away in baptism guess what there's water here today you need to be baptized in Jesus name because that cleans the vessel for a holy God to fill the vessel. He doesn't want to be put in a dirty vessel. He wants a clean vessel. And if you make yourself clean by the way that God shows us in the scripture, there's nothing keeping God from being attracted to you. He's attracted to a clean place. He's attracted to a holy a holy individual who tries to live for God and takes the word of God and doesn't just hear it, but does it. And so the scripture says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God, in one scripture, it says God gave gifts, plural, to men. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, temperance, all of those things, gifts to men. Not only that, but gifts of the Spirit. And you can learn what those are about in Corinthians, but I want you to know that I can't say that, I can't stand here and say God's going to bless your life and not also say it takes a commitment to be intimate with God. It took a commitment for me to have an intimate relationship with my wife. And what some people don't know is that intimacy requires access when you start asking people about their roots, they can think, oh, hold on. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want you in that space in my life. But really what it is, it's caring for someone so deeply with your kindness and your goodness that you're wanting to help them grow better fruit. They're not, you're not coming to them judging them. You're coming to them and saying, the fruit is God's problem. The roots are our problem. We need to cultivate the roots. Have you ever heard the scripture that says, stir up the gift that lieth in you? It's talking about stirring something up. This is my only illustration, and I'm just now getting to it, but have you ever seen a bottle that separates like that? This is what the gift of the Holy Ghost is like. The gift of the Holy Ghost is down here. This is what life does to the Holy Ghost. Pushes it down. And so the scripture says, stir up the gift that lieth in you. So that when you're done stirring up that Holy Ghost, that there's God throughout all of your life. And so if maybe life has pushed you down a little bit today, I want to tell you, you're blessed. Because He loves you. But you can be even more blessed just by doing and seeking and living the Word of God in your life. And we must preserve it. Paul said in Hebrews, and I'm closing, you can stand with me. 
Fruit obviously is more evident than roots. Fruit is what's showing, I share with you. It's always what we see first. Paul said, you know, there's a place in the scripture where it says you'll know them by their fruit. I realize that a fruit is what tells what's in your life as far as your roots. But Paul said, let us be careful lest a root of bitterness spring up and thereby many people are defiled. In other words, Paul's saying, you take care of your roots and let God take care of the rest. It's really that simple. I could have started with that, but we would have been, we would have been done in five minutes. I don't know if that's worth the drive. <laughs> but I want you to know that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have all that fruit looking amazing. But if you just keep on saying, God, you're my source. God, you're what makes me good. I can't be good on my own. There's no good. There's, there's nothing good in me. But if you be my goodness, then, and you're not doing it to get applause or get people's attention. You're just doing it because you know that that is the best way to live life. That's the best source of life. That's where God plants you by a river of living water and you feel encouraged, you feel satisfied, and you feel whole. And the broken things in you are healed as you walk with God in a season of blessing. Jesus, there's got to be someone in this room I don't know who I'm preaching to today or talking to, but I know there's someone in this place that has walked through dry seasons, has walked through seasons of loss, maybe, maybe even seasons of hurt. But would you right now share with them that feeling of understanding that regardless of what season we've been in, I believe we're all stepping into a season of blessing right now in Jesus' name. I want you to receive that if you would right now. Would you ask God to help you to receive it? I can't make it any more clear than I've made it. I want you to receive this season of blessing in your life. You're about to step out of where you've been. Not just because you're here, but because God's hand has been upon you. And if you will consecrate yourself and if you will make a commitment to God today that, God, I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. God, I'm going to pursue you in every possible fashion and way. Right now, today, you can change the course of anything that's in your life. Literally, you can turn situations around to where you can look back and say, that was a season of blessing. Truly, it started there. It started at the end of November 2017 and it moved into, or 2016 and moved into 2017. I can ask God to do this because I know He's speaking to my heart as a minister that God wants to give you a season of blessing. And I pray it over you in the name of Jesus. By the power of God's Spirit and by the Spirit that's invested in me, God, I pray today that you would touch somebody, that you would change the destination and change the course of their life, and that you would consecrate them, you would make them holy and you would give them divine favor, not just today, not just tomorrow, but in this season of blessing that you've laid upon us. I believe that prophetically, if you receive it, would you thank the Lord? I believe that with all my heart, that you're stepping into a season of blessing. In Jesus' name.